Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So hello guys and welcome to episode 17 of Travel Talks. This week's episode is a bit different and it kind of sets up a new format which I'm bringing onto the show because I'm going to be joined by my new co-host Saunders CB. How are you doing mate? I'm really good. This is exciting times. It is man, I'm excited. Do you want to give a little bit of an intro into why you wanted to get involved with the podcast? Yeah, sure. So we obviously had a, a podcast together where I came on as a guest and we had yep. a ruddy good chat. It was great. <laughs> I just was loving talking about travel. It'd been a long time to, since I was properly talking about it. And uh, yeah, we were having a great time chatting about all different stories and things. And yeah, I just kind of said to you, like, can I be involved in this? Because like, yep, I'm really yep. keen. Like, this sounds great. Um, and, and thankfully you, you said yes. And uh, here we are. Exactly, mate. Come on board. You're going to bring so much to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to where we can take it together. So on that podcast there were so many stories which i feel like we didn't uncover and one of the stories one of the topics is something which we're going to explore in this first episode this is a really good opportunity for us to kind of share each other's stories and bounce between us and kind of hear these interesting things that we've both experienced in our lives but within Mm. a little bit of a structure that other people can hopefully relate to everyone's got their own take on a destination a type of food whatever so yeah we've basically we've come up with this format to exploit that in the best way so each week we'll be t- talking about a particular topic, uh, which we'll get into this week's topic in a minute. But then we're bringing these other formats in, which are hopefully going to spice things up a little bit. The head-to-head format. We both pick a place or pick a, a um, an answer based on a, a topic and we have to argue, let's say, not to the death. But <laughs> we have to argue as in uh, our case of why our selection is the better selection. And then nice. we'll put it out for the listeners to have the final say on which one uh, was the winner and then we can bring that up on a later episode uh, we're also going to be talking about hypothetical situations the pondering travel questions that you never really know the answer to but we're putting each other on the spot to come up with an answer for them so anyway that's that's a loose format but I, i'm i'm sure it will adapt over time but it's exciting stuff yeah i'm really looking forward to it especially that hypothetical question and of course we'll put this out on instagram as well on the day of the release of the episode we'll stick the hypothetical on instagram and you guys can get involved comment and let us know what you think the answer to the question should be but should we just get into it now? Let's do it. Everyone in the minibus is panicking at this point. So that's when we, it got really scary for us because we were like one wrong move and like we're all it we're now we're all gone for. We're walking and they're behind us. All we hear is this of a baton kind of opening up. So we're absolutely terrified at this point. And I, I remember th- like vividly just thinking this guy could just strike me on the back of the legs at any point. So topic number one, we thought we'd start with a really strong topic and something which will hopefully 
excite and evoke lots of emotions from our listeners. And that is the scariest travel story of our entire lives. So we haven't spoken about this, have we? No, no, this is first. This is the great thing about this format is like we will we will talk about these stories probably for the first time or at least in Mm. public for the first time. So it's going to be great. What is the scariest travel story of your entire life? I was stuck between a few. I narrowed it down to to two main ones. Okay. Now, I mean, how harsh are we going to go with this? Do I have to do <laughs> just one or do you want me to tell? Both no, go on. You can, you can tell too. People will be intrigued what the second one was. Otherwise, kick okay, us off. So what's the first? I'll go with the big money one first. The big, you know, the showstopper. <laughs> it's, uh, now, this was, I'll set the scene. This was part of a three-month uh, trip with my friend Ollie from university in Southeast Asia. And it's towards the end of the trip. We're just finishing the leg where we're going through Laos. Mm. And we get to the bottom of Laos, a place called Vientiane, and we want to go up to Chiang Mai to meet some other friends that have been traveling in, in, yeah, at the same time. We book a minibus that travels overnight because uh, it's a really efficient way to do it. And there's mm. one part of this story which works against us, and this was this decision of picking it to go overnight. It's almost 10 hours of driving. Uh, and it's not all motorways. There's hilly, there's hills, there's not, not really mountains, but some of the roads are more sketchy than others, we'll say. We decided, let's get a night minibus and let's uh, have some sleeping tablets that we can take so we can just sleep through the whole experience and we'll wake okay. up you know in where we want to be amazing clever so we take we take them they're, they're having their effect and we start drifting off unfortunately so does the driver what <laughs> uh, and he's falling asleep you know he's uh, he's doing the thing you know where you, your head starts tilting down and you shoot back up again because you realize oh you're falling asleep and it's not just the two of us this is a minibus full of people and it gets to the point where we're having to be like, we can't sleep because we can't trust this guy to stay awake. Mm. And all of us are in the same boat. Everyone in the minibus is panicking at this point. And we're like shouting at him. We're saying like, wake up, wake up, wake up. I, I kid you not. There was a point where we were leaning forward and slapping him across the face to wake him up oh again. Oh my God. As we were driving. So we just said, you've got to stop, stop right now. Uh, we got him to pull over on the side of this this kind of hill road. I, I remember it being in the mountains, but I don't think it was in the mountains. It was just somewhere that was like super remote. Like there wasn't a town nearby. It was like proper lay by on the side of a road. Mm. Uh, and we rung the company and was like, your driver's falling asleep and we're all scared. And, yeah. you know, this isn't right. And the driver was having none of it. He was like, this is normal. I do this all the time. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And we're like, <laughs> to say, no, this is, this is not fine. This is terrible. We finally uh, convince the driver to sleep for 45 minutes. So many people in the minibus with us at that point said, screw this. And they just started booking taxis and they were waiting by the side of the road for hours for a taxi to turn up and spending hundreds of pounds to finish the journey. (laughs) Uh, They just didn't want to get back in this minibus. This is where it gets a bit sketchy because we didn't potentially have like the luxury of doing that. And we were kind of like, this guy will have a sleep. We'll stay awake now, which I I tell you now, staying awake on sleeping tablets is not an easy (laughs) task. (laughs) We got there safely. He was not in a good way, like this driver. He clearly had done hours of, uh, like, like, a good few days without sleeping properly because he was. Yeah, do you know, think that's what it was then? Just not yeah, sleeping. Yeah, I think at all. he just overworked basically. So that was a scary moment because, you know, while you're driving on these really unfamiliar roads, you don't want anything to happen. And especially in a country where you don't really know, like, what the, you know, the road recovery or like the health, mm. um, you know, the health service is like in remote areas. So yeah, it was sketchy. So that that is my one of my scariest travel moments yeah it sounds yeah. terrifying so when you're driving along these roads were there any moments where you were right next to the edge and you could see him kind of drifting off 
Well, that's the thing is like these roads, it's not like they're, you know, the best infrastructure in the world with big safety barriers everywhere. Some of them, there aren't any barriers and you look out the window and it looks like you're looking off the edge of a cliff. Yeah. So that's when we, it got really scary for us because we were like one wrong move and like we're mm. all mm. we're, no, we're all gone for. So that's when we started moving from the, you know, stay awake, you know, shouting at him to actually yeah. physically slapping him to keep yeah. him awake before we said like, you just got to pull over because it's getting crazy. It sounds sketchy. It sounds scary. But what came close, you said there was another story which kind of rivaled this for this fear factor. Year before last, I did a project with Airbnb in, in Italy. Mm. And I was with a, a photographer friend of mine called Ali Horn. And we were in the uh, Italian Dolomites, amazing mountain mm. range, mm. beautiful stuff. And we did some hiking and we were taking some photos and stuff. Uh, and we'd probably not timed the walk very well. And we started hiking towards like, the early afternoon maybe mm. just before midday uh, and we're going to this spot where we know there's a good photo opportunity and it's about probably about two hours walk from the nearest like what they call refugio but like a nearest you know visitor center or whatever mm. as we get closer we realize like we're completely on our own there's no one else up there we haven't seen anyone in about an hour and we start getting this really weird feeling in our face and it feels like static okay it felt like little electricity like someone was kind of stroking your face and neither of us knew what it was we were like this is really strange and uh, it gets worse and you start feeling it. You start feeling it in your hands and suddenly your whole body is like you're attached to an, an electrical machine. Like really? you're just feeling like this static free and we don't know what it was. Then the clouds turn and the rumbling of thunder happens. And we're like, oh crap. We are two hours like walk away from the nearest like shelter essentially. And there's a storm brewing. So we, we found this little bit where there was a bit of a rock coverage. So we went in there and we got our... Um, we got our phones out and luckily we had some surveys to kind of see what was going on, look at the weather. And mm. we, when we were looking into it, that feeling of static in your face, it's, it's an electrical storm. It's when you know, that's like a sign of a storm is coming. Oh. It's like the atmosphere changes and that's like a really good indicator that a storm's coming. So if you ever feel mm. that, get mm. out, <laughs> get down the mountain. <laughs> good advice. Um, and then we ended up having to call the refugio and being like, what do we do? And the guy was like, you need to get back here like ASAP. So basically we just pegged it down the mountain running which is not really safe yeah, it's running not safe full speed running full speed down the mountain um to get back to the thing to the, the frugio where we where we got there but you know there was points where the rumbling of thunder was so loud and aggressive we were just thinking we're like basically holding up a massive like strike me sign yeah running down the mountain but um yeah that was more like you know when you're full adrenaline yeah it's not at the time it's it's scary but you only kind of think about it afterwards well that was actually much closer than we would have liked yeah these both sound terrifying what about you though like i want to hear these scary stories yeah i mean after after your stories about lao and the dolomites my place doesn't sound very glamorous and it's it's not and that, that kind of plays into why it's scary i think as well so that's kind of fine so i'll set the scene as well so I went on a holiday with a few of my friends, which was not a lad's holiday because we picked the worst place in the world, but we went to Gran Canaria. So obviously right. one of the Canary Islands. And it was very, very quiet during the time we went and there weren't many locals around. And we went to bars quite regularly. And one night we went out and got quite drunk. And basically we were leaving the club at the end of the night and it was probably about two in the morning. And me and one other mate, heading back to the hotel, quite drunk, singing some songs. And basically we're walking down this street and this car quickly drives around the corner, slams on its brakes. And then two guys get out the car, one guy from each side and charge over to us. And immediately we're thinking, what is going on here? And they basically charge up to us, 
and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? And kind of start interrogating us and kind of push us towards this fence area. Both of us are immediately terrified. We don't know what's going on. And they start saying, oh, we're the police. We're the police. But they're not wearing any clothes. So either they're some sort of undercover police or they're lying to us. Just, just to confirm, they are wearing clothes. They're just not wearing police clothes. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're completely naked. That was that was part of what was terrifying. <laughs> Let's clarify. Yeah, jeans and a t-shirt, let's say. <laughs> and these two guys, um, yeah, start saying, oh, we're the police, we're the police. Uh, come with us, come with us. And they walk us over to this place, uh, this kind of bar where there's some tables. And they say, get your wallets out, get your wallets out. So immediately we're up against it, but we think there's nothing we can do here. These guys, like people listening just to the audio of this won't quite grasp, but I'm not the biggest guy. I could not handle myself <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> so they kind of say, empty your wallets, empty your wallets. Uh, show me your ID, the man says to me. So I say, okay, fine. And quickly try and, try and be a bit too crafty, but get out my work pass, thinking I'll pull one over on this guy. And he says, no, 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 this is not your ID. Get out your ID. Uh, so I empty my entire wallet of every single card in it. And the man just gets his phone out and takes a photo of every single one of my cards. So immediately I'm terrified thinking if, if anything, he's just going to like empty my bank accounts. He's got my, he's got my address, everything. So uh, basically we start walking away and he whips out this baton. Both of them have got a baton God. and we're walking and they're behind us. And all we hear is this of a baton kind of opening up. So we're absolutely terrified at this point. And he's walking behind us. And I, I remember th- like vividly, just thinking this guy could just strike me on the back of the legs at any point. Stupidly, my mate decides that it'd be a clever idea to start filming on his phone. Oh, no. <laughs> so I've stood next to him going, what are you doing? And one of the guys spots him. So immediately he stops recording, goes into his phone, deletes the video. And somehow, I don't know to this day how, but he got away with it. And the guy didn't see anything in his camera roll. They pin us up against the wall again. And my mate, I've so clearly can remember this and to paint the picture my friend is quite a big guy could look after himself not like me and he's there whimpering against this fence please please don't hurt me please don't hurt me it's like something out of the in-betweeners you know and when jay gets pulled up and the guy comes into the car and he's just like quivering and he was like we just we don't want any trouble we just want to go back to the hotel and i can remember this so clearly so yeah they stole about 100 euros off us but that's all that that's all that we lost in the in the encounter. But that is without doubt the most terrified I've ever been whilst abroad. I'm not surprised, like, because that's that's a super vulnerable situation, like situation to be in, like mm. in a foreign place. But yeah, when they've got weapons as well, like that's you. I, yeah, I, I exactly. in hindsight, it's probably easy to like to take take the mick out your mate for for sounding like that. But I mean, you know. I might I be mean, like I, I was, I was, ter- I was <laughs> terrified. I was absolutely terrified as well. I just wasn't making all the noises. That is a scary situation to be in, mate. Like, it doesn't matter where it is. But that's, that's the kind of bad side, the negative side of being abroad, isn't it? So you kind of be on your guard. It is important, like street, street smarts and street skills mm. and just being aware, like, and not being, an, not being an idiot and being a target, you know? Mm. I mean, it's important to remember, but it, it shouldn't dissuade anyone from travelling because... It is like the one in a thousand cases. It's oh, not like it happens yeah. everywhere. You can choose, you know, you, you can have a good idea of the sort of place you're going to. Mm. Uh, if it's likely that something's going 
could happen and how you what you can do to avoid that but yeah like these it's good to tell these stories because they make up what travel's all about but the exactly. last thing we want to do is dissuade anyone from traveling <laughs> yeah kind of after that story happens i'm like that was terrifying but equally i've got a really good story out of it so was it worth it maybe if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now this is where it gets exciting. I think we've got a really good opening topic for this one. Yep. Because I think there's going to be controversy both within our selections, but also within our arguments of those selections. Yep. And that is the first head to head on the Travel Talks podcast is most overrated destination. I'm looking forward to this. So I'm going to put forward my strongest argument because it's a place which I've been to on two occasions and didn't enjoy both times. But people absolutely rave about it. And that place is Paris. Ooh. So immediately what comes to mind? Do you, do you agree with me or do you think I'm going to have to put up a fight? Straight, straight away, any romantics listening are absolutely fuming <laughs> right now. The city of that's love has just been called the most overrated destination. And that's the thing. I think it gets built up and kind of hyped up as this place, this city of love, this romantic city. And it doesn't help that I've been there on two occasions with two different friends. So that does not help. But basically, let's open it up. Paris, city of love. You think of sun. Paris actually... It's quite a wet city. 
in terms of destination and kind of location, it's not that far from London. So people think of London as this gloomy English, obviously the, the connotations with England and weather is that it's very dark and dingy. Paris is not far away. Paris's weather is not good, but it kind of gets painted in a different light because of the connotations around the place. So there's my first point. Instagram influencers. I do not like Instagram influencers and the way they build up Paris as this place that's absolutely beautiful and don't show the dirty side of it. So Paris, like most cities, is fairly dirty and I don't think it's very well kept. So the streets have a lot of litter on it, that kind of thing. A load of, load of main cities do have this, but Paris, in terms of a main capital city, is probably one of the dirtiest I've ever visited. Uh, I myself have been mugged. This is episode one and I've been mugged twice within inside about 20 <laughs> minutes. Where will you be mugged next? <laughs> but when I was in Paris, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I played that cup and ball game on the street. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. yeah. The guys try and basically show you the cup and the ball and hide the ball underneath the cup, switch it around. But then there's people in the crowd who are also involved and in on the scam. So, um, they say, I'll put 20, 20 euros in and I'll show you it's under this cup. And you bet, and if, you, if you're correct, you get the 20 euros back plus 20 euros. So I was umming and ahhing back and forth, looking, this, looking around to other people. Uh, and whilst I did this, obviously the ball's been switched. <laughs> and I say, yep, yeah, go on then, 40 euros down, lose 40 euros. Uh, so yeah, that's why it kind of doesn't have a great place in my heart. And then on top of that, over tourism. I feel like you're a man who will agree with me in terms of over-tourism being a bad thing, we need to kind of think about not going to these main central places, which get spoken about a lot, and go a little bit off the beaten track, just so there aren't so many people crowding places. Uh, and likewise, get some of the people traveling to stop for distant places to kind of boost the economies of smaller countries. But Paris, too busy. And I don't want to get too controversial on the first episode, but I always, I always find the people to be quite rude as well. Now, obviously, the point of this head-to-head, this format, is regardless of whether I agree with you or not, I have to dispel <laughs> your argument as much as I can to make mine okay. prevail and be the winner. So, okay. Um, I mean, I, I, you're talking about romantic walks down down the the edge of the Seine, Champs Elysees, mm. Eiffel Tower. You know, you're thinking about French food, French custom, the beautiful like Trocadero. All of these things you're saying <laughs> are overrated. There are definitely people that agree with you. I think it's like Marmite. It's the Marmite of Europe. Yeah, nice. Well, we had to open with a controversial topic, didn't we? Get people talking. I think you've you've come with a good, strong argument for for your, the first episode of this. <laughs> I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna step up the controversy. Okay. Oh, because I'm, I'm excited. I think I'm about to annoy a lot of people. Probably not <laughs> the best way to start uh, my involvement in this podcast. But my most overrated destination, also in Europe, Barcelona. I absolutely love Barcelona. So you're going to have to put up a good fight. We've got a nibble. (laughs) Barcelona is, similar to Paris, probably more so, incredibly touristy. It's Mm. super busy everywhere you go. And the the one thing I say is that I I feel it's so busy and so touristy. It's actually quite hard to get a sense of any local culture that isn't skewed for tourism. And I think this only comes from having been lucky enough to travel through a lot of parts of Spain. And other cities just really getting a sense of like what that city is all about. And then you go to Barcelona and you feel like you're getting a sense of what everyone that's visiting is all about. I think it's controversial because, you know, on paper, it's a pretty good place. It's very popular. There's the beach, there's the Mm. city, there's the hills, there's the football. Like, but for me, I'm going to say it is overrated. 
uh, I'll hit you with the first one. Sagrada Familia, beautiful architecture throughout the city. One of the best spots to visit in terms of architecture in Europe, perhaps. So how are you going to fight back to that? Every time I've been to Barcelona and I've been there six times, it's been under construction. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be as well. I, I think, think it's been under construction, construction for about 40 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if you even built it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. That's so true. I think it's been built for another 20 years as well. I appreciate there are things about it that are great, but the overall sense you ever get when you get there, it's just like, you don't feel, you don't feel like you're getting any like culture. You just feel like you're going to a nice climate that has mm. some nice, pretty things to look at, but it don't really, you don't feel like local when you're there. You always feel like a tourist. Yeah. And I know you're a football man as well, Saunders. So it kind of surprises me that you've picked one of the biggest footballing cities in Europe as the most overrated. Did you, t- did you go to a Barcelona game when you went? I've been to two. Yeah. 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 And, and like Messi played in both. Messi scored in both. So I had the experience. It's blasphemy. But- I almost not including that as part of the part of the city, because even though it's where you go to watch that, I just kind of see like if you went and watched Barcelona away and they had a great game, you'd probably get mm. a similar experience. But the new Camp is a special place. It really is one of the best football grounds. I've been to so many football grounds across Europe. And in terms of the kind of feeling that you get when you walk in there, obviously, as football fans, we haven't done that for over a year in any stadium. But um, the new Camp is so, so special and it has so much history when you walk in. You think about the amount of people that go there every year. Like they're they're going there because it's been rated to them to, as being a good place to go, or it's cheap, mm. or or whatever reason, right? So in the argument of being overrated, value for money, there are probably fifty places in Europe you can go to where you get a better experience. I'm interested to know like what your other selections were. If you had any other, okay, backups. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a backup thing, which is Stonehenge. My, my affiliation with Stonehenge is that it's en route to drive to my grandparents' house. So when I was a kid and we drive past Stonehenge, the traffic would always be horrendous. So whenever I think of Stonehenge, I think of the traffic and sitting in traffic and fields for like hours. And then basically get there, and this is going to be controversial, but it's just some stones. I mean, who who cares about the history? Who cares yeah. about the fact that some people think aliens put them there? No, it doesn't matter. The traffic's bad and it's just yeah. some rocks. <laughs> but you have to pay to enter as well. You have to pay to get a slightly closer look at some stones, which you can see from your car. I think there is something really interesting about that because like, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't, I don't have a problem like paying to go into the Colosseum or mm. paying to go into, you know, uh, the ruins around uh, Mount Vesuvius or Pompeii mm. sort of thing. But just because it has isn't part of like a city or like, you know, a civilization, we, yeah, and they I are just, just in feel... the middle of a field. <laughs> you're paying to enter the Colosseum because you're going inside and you're kind of getting a more detailed look at the inside, which you can't see from the outside. But the Stonehenge, yeah. you're just paying to walk around it, which you could do, uh, which you can kind of see from a different point. I would love for uh, anyone listening who has some information on Stonehenge to like really fight for this one because you know, yeah. as as a country, you know, we don't have a lot of really obscure like historic monuments like Stonehenge. Mm. We have a lot of buildings and a lot of like old cities and towns, but in terms of really kind of parts of history that don't really have a lot of explanation around them, yeah. Pretty much all we've got going for us <laughs> is Stonehenge. And here you are saying <laughs> it's overrated. So I need someone to fight the Battle of Stonehenge. Again, like I said earlier, I'll stick out a post on Instagram and try and get some comments, try and get a poll maybe on our story or something to get a definite answer as to who won that debate. 
final section of the show, the hypothetical situation. Uh, now, this is one that I believe you've put out to the listeners already, mm. so but haven't spoken about yourself. So do you want to introduce it? Would you rather fly anywhere in the world for free for the rest of your life or eat for free in restaurants for the rest of your life? I mean, my first two questions are the flying. Is it any mm. class of flying? Yeah, I had the same question. I feel like yes, but let's make an exception for the restaurant rule as well. So okay. you can fly first class anywhere in the world for free for the rest of your life. That's the, that's the adaptation. With the restaurants, is this eating for free just whilst you're on holiday, just while you're abroad? Or can you make the most of this around your local restaurants as well? I feel like it has to be all restaurants because if you just weigh up the cost of a flight versus the cost of a meals while you're away, the yeah. flight will always be more expensive. But if you think mm. about how much food and restaurants cost over the course of, say, a year and how much you might fly over a year... Yep. The restaurant's going to come up trumps. So, very true. for that reason, and also flying first, like imagine flying first class everywhere is great. You usually get great food on their flights as well. That's like, true. That is true. And you could, and you could be quite smart and you could leverage sleeping on flat, ble- flat beds on the planes to get maximum mm. travel time and also try and prepare for any jet lag. So, there are benefits there. But on the other hand, if you're flying first class everywhere, you're, personal impact of like travel and emissions and stuff is pretty high yeah it's good for you but it's bad for the planet so where you know you've got to maybe think restaurants i think restaurants would add up you know yeah i think it would especially if you're allowing me to eat at restaurants every single weekend essentially then that is going to add up because of course like being like first class it costing a lot of money you can go to some expensive restaurants with this rule so i I'm really torn. I'm kind of flitting back and forth. And when I put it out, I was in total agreement that it would be flying. And that would be the only one. And then my girlfriend said, oh, what about if you could eat out in restaurants every weekend? And suddenly I'm like, actually, you know what? So what, what's your answer? Put us out of our misery. I think, but I feel <laughs> like I have to go in restaurants. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say flying. The, I think about all of the flights you could get and all the places you could go. But I just feel like, like, say you get a train somewhere, like you go you know, interrailing around Europe, or whatever. Mm. Being able to eat at any place you want and mm. not have to worry about the cost of that. And some of the, you could, if you're in like Singapore, for example, if you're in like, I don't know, like a, a big city in the world that has like really expensive restaurants or really kind of like upper echelon, high class restaurants, mm. it doesn't, doesn't, it's not costing you anything. Yeah, very true. So like, is, and that, do you get more of an experience from that than you would from first class, first class flying? But my counter to you is, do you think you would have a notably better time eating at expensive restaurants versus eating at restaurants which you could probably afford with inside your normal holiday travel budget? Uh, absolutely not. I'd say you can have some of the best times eating out of a street food, but it's more just the option. Usually okay. those places aren't an option. You're, this, this enables you to do that, whereas like the flights, yeah, it enables you to travel more plate oh now i'm counting now i'm contradicting myself <laughs> i've got to stick with it i'm sticking with restaurants okay i'm going with flights and that's good because you've got a got a different opinion on it but yeah definitely flights for me because yeah like you say in terms of monetary value flying first class it's not flying first class is something i would never pay for in my entire life something that costs an obscene amount of money and is kind of reserved for the upper tier of rich people um, and something which i will never pay for but I have actually experienced, just to give a bit of context, it was a free perk of my girlfriend's job. So she works for an airline 
So yeah, we flew to New York first class nice. and the experience you get a life flat bed, a meal cooked for you, constant supply of cocktails. It's obscene. It it's, is a game changer. It, the flight you do after that experience where you just go back into coach and you sit in the cattle class, like as yeah. people call it, <laughs> and you don't turn left when you get on the plane, you turn yeah. right instead. It's a horrible feeling <laughs> because you know what left is like. Yep. You yep. know, left is, you know, life flat, have the bed, have great night's sleep, great food on call. And then you turn right and you're stuck between like two snoring, big fat blokes for <laughs> 12 hours or whatever, you know, it's, just, it's not the same. Uh, so I would fly anywhere in the world first class. And then like I kind of alluded to earlier, spend my money on eating at good restaurants, which you can kind of still go to really nice restaurants, and not blow the budget and have a great time. That's a, you've made a very strong argument there. Yeah, it's tough, but we want to see what everyone else thinks as well because it's all well and good us giving our opinion, but what do you guys think? So we put out this on Instagram. The day this goes out, we'll have it out on Instagram to kind of get your get your thoughts and opinions on it as well because I'm sure there are things that we've missed in this discussion that other people are going to pick out and point us in the direction of. So there we go. That was episode 17 and the first episode of this new show format, which I've got Saunders involved with. So I really hope you enjoyed it, but we want to get your feedback. Make sure you get involved and play your part in the show too. There are some stories out there and we want to hear them. So Mm. get them in, send them in and we can talk about them on the next show. Also, if anyone has any topic ideas, these Mm. are things we want to hear about. We want to know kind of what are the talking points that you want us to discuss. We want you to get involved and create the show which you want to listen to. We'll be back um, every two weeks with this show and the interview structure, which you've heard in the past on Travel Talks, will remain as well. But that'll be every two weeks as well. So you'll still have an episode every single Monday. Just to tease about the next guest on the on the show, it's probably, your, I'm going to go out and say, probably your best guest yet. Oh, absolute <laughs> top tier guest. Devilishly handsome uh great full of stories amazing person what was, that's was just it the host that's just the host <laughs> i've also got saunders joining me on this interview next week um he is a fantastic guest uh, like you've heard some of the stories but we kind of do a more traditional format of travel talks which you'd know uh, an interview all about the stories which have kind of helped define your life saunders there's no one better to promote it than yourself do you want to talk about how it went it was a great chat to be honest. I loved it. It was it was good to kind of um to go quite deep into kind of what travel means for for us both. But also, yeah, just kind of travel has been such a huge part of my life and it was really fun to to kind of go deep into some of these stories and these experiences of the fact that I haven't talked about in a long time. Some of which actually I don't think I've ever talked about. That so, is always good. Yeah, it was really good. I appreciate you having me on and, and it's turned into something beautiful. Exactly. There we go. Look at what it's turned into. I'm really happy, mate, and excited about what this can uh, turn into in the future as well. So that was the first episode in this new format and we'll be back in two weeks' time with another episode. So make sure you get involved. Email us at travelTalksPodcast at gmail.com and join in the fun. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.